What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Been looking forward to today's conversation for uh, for for quite a while because you know we we talk every Friday here on Memphis Morning News with uh, John Covington from the Memphis Police Association and uh, Thomas Malone from the uh, Firefighters Association who are with us. But we also want to welcome to the studio this morning Mike Longo, uh, who is with Hibbit Sports, Hibbit's City Gear. Uh, and welcome, Mike. We appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, I'm I'm uh, been looking forward to this conversation because we spent a lot of time, as you know, and you as a CEO of a of a, of a business, uh, you guys talk a lot about crime as well. But you talk about it from a different perspective. We talk about it every day. Jeff reports it, you know, every day. And businesses are growing more and more frustrated as uh, uh, as it just continues, and it 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 goes from one. Uh, one one mo to another you know for, for a while they were smashing into stores with their cars and taking stuff and now it's just brazen gunpoint we uh we saw this story yesterday where a guy walked in with a gun told the the cashier just give me everything but take your time i'm not gonna kill you uh i mean it, it's just you know it, it, it this is a crisis is it not mike it certainly is, and it's not just Memphis. It's across the nation, but Memphis seems to be the worst. So in our particular case, we have 2% of the stores out of our um, 1,100 stores are in the metro area, and 20% of our loss is here. So, wow. you know, Memphis first, Houston second, et cetera. So it's a problem, and it's a very stark contrast to where we were, say, two, three years ago. And we can talk about all the problems that are out there, but they're pretty simple. And I think everybody knows what they are. You know, lack of prosecution, lack of sensible bail, uh, lack of enough police officers on the street in spite of our best efforts so far. Um, and those are the proximate causes of the problem. And that's it. I mean, thanks, Mike. Thanks for coming in. I mean, you just put it in a, just I mean, it's pretty simple. But we say those things day in and day out. And uh, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you come in. We've had victims on this show uh, of crimes, of violent crimes, who told their stories. We've had restaurant owners call in and been in studio. Now we we've uh, we can say that we've had the CEO of a major uh, sports apparel and a footwear retailer in here. I don't know how much more it has to be said. John Covington, is it not said enough? Well, exactly. And we had a meeting of the minds in the lobby here, and we talked, Mike and I talked about, Thomas, it's not rocket science. We know what we need to do. Now we have to find the will to do it and to really invest and get serious. And it's not about photo ops. It's not about words. We've had enough words. It's time for action. And other cities are doing this. We can do this. Mike, the big question is when we report stories and for a while there it was pretty uh, it seemed pretty frequent for city gear specifically sure uh the question started to come well are they even going to stay open in this city oh we are look we're not going to cut run this is my hometown all the businesses here are committed to being here we're going to fix this it's simple to diagnose it's hard to fix yeah uh, or else it would have already been fixed but um 
you know, we're going to do our part. We're not victims. We're going to do our part. We're working behind the scenes with other business leaders. I think everyone's seen the the letter that the chamber published. That yeah. was several business leaders coming together, working with Senator Brent Taylor to put some common sense, actionable items on the agenda. And I would say, in addition to that, there is this sense, at least with me and a handful of others, that the short-term symptoms that we need to address to suppress crime allows us time to prevent crime. Because whenever you get in this conversation, everybody wants to go to juvenile court or the parents' responsibility or the school system. That's all great, and we need to do all of that. And it is part of it. It certainly is, and that's the long-term solution. But you can't work on the long-term solution if you're standing on a burning platform. And Mm. we are in a crisis, and we need to fix it. We need to do it right now. I saw the numbers that were released. I think it was yesterday and the last two years. I'm just going to ballpark it, uh, John. You can tell me if I'm wrong here. Almost 500 have been added to the ranks in the police force. But the retention well, is still the issue. Is okay, right? here's the issue. You can hire 400 and whatever were hired, but you had a negative retention rate. Um, I, I think, you know, Jim Strickland hired about, a thousand over the time he was here, but he ended up with a negative 50 of actual uh, what you gain. Now we've made some, some good steps, you know, the restoration of the benefits, the pay, what you're getting with that is you're getting some of the officers who've been on getting close to retirement. Cause there's a big hiring push in the nineties. A lot of them are reaching 25 years. The way retirement works, it's the average three years of your highest uh, pay. So what happens, you get a big boost. You get people like, well, let me stick around a few more years to kind of boost my pension. Mm. So we're getting that done. But what we've got to do a better job of, and and I'm just going to be quite frank about it, is poaching from other agencies. That's what we used to do in 2011 when we were number one in pay, had the most officers. We were stealing basically from these other agencies. (laughs) But we do that, John. But but they've been stealing from us for the past 10 years. That's not, that's not, the retention rate is not that great after three or four years. I, I think it's very important to hear People like Mike, who, who, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's they are uh, an affected owner. They're not just an owner; they're an affected owner yeah. that's, that's been hit several well, times. We're not able to keep. It's good to hear that the business is going to stay. So now we can work on the employees to stay. Well, and the good thing about uh, about City Gear and the, and the and the brands that Mike represents and leads is that it 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 makes a big statement when a business pulls out of a shopping center but it also makes a big statement when a business decides to stay if not bigger it, and yeah. it can have a very positive ripple effect within that shopping center and maybe within that neighborhood because i mean let's be honest city gear goes in to a ton of zip codes that a lot of other companies who who are basically mainstream uh, don't do anymore Thank you. And, that, and that's an important part of what we do and what we provide to society is jobs, right? So we're taking a 17-year-old person who may or may not have all the skills in the world. We put them through a process. And frankly, if they make it after 90 days, their odds of becoming a store manager are pretty high. And this is these are in neighborhoods that are not the greatest. And so that's an opportunity. And that's what we're selling is the opportunity to go from part-time to store manager to district manager and make a good living and have a great career. Mike? Well, well, I'm sorry. What what is your history with City Gear? Were were you were you there from the beginning of the company? I know you had spent time with AutoZone, and you you shifted over to City Gear. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So my partner and I, Jeff Presley, bought it in 2006, and it was a 40 store chain, and it had two brands, Marty's and City Gear. And so Jeff and I went about 
well, right after that, we had the great financial crisis, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but then we continued to grow the company. We continued to acquire other companies, and we grew it out to about 150 stores all under one banner, City Gear. And then we ended up selling it to Hibbit in 2019. And now, as you said, you have, what, 1,150 nationwide? That's correct. Uh, and Hibbit also had uh, represents a similar business model, don't they? They, they, they offer... Uh, you know, Hibbett's business models I remember was, hey, you're not going to have to drive 15, 20 miles to a big box store or to, a, you know, a, a large retailer. We, we have right here in your neighborhood what you need. That's right. We're primarily out in the strip, not in the mall, servicing underserved communities uh, with product that's hard to get. So it's, it's a great business model, a lot of fun, and, and uh, we oh. have a great time doing it. And so all those years, um, have you... F- have you dealt with a uh, in retail? It's called shrink. I learned that in my times in retail, which is essentially loss of product due to theft, shoplifting. Have you had? Have you dealt with a crisis like this uh, in the past it, to this degree? No, this is probably the worst that I've seen it uh, since 1992. Roll forward. This is probably the height of it, and it's a particular problem in a handful of communities uh, that that are most taking our time and attention. Memphis is at the top of the list. So as a company, you know, you're, you're the CEO. You look at the numbers and, and you, you talk about the percentage of loss in Memphis. And you, you have to look at your budget lines everywhere. You know, I don't know anything about running a, a major corporation, but I know enough about budgeting to say we're, lo- we're hemorrhaging, money, hemorrhaging money. And it's not just, ah, don't worry about it. Insurance will pay for our loss. It doesn't work that way, does it? It absolutely doesn't. So this whole narrative of uh, they're covered by insurance is silly. Hmm. It just doesn't work that way. It's a net loss to the company, and it's primarily due to theft. And right now, the biggest part of theft is burglary. And so we're taking proactive actions to solve our own problem. We're not just laying back and waiting for the MPD to show up or the cavalry to show up. You know, we're putting in additional roll-down doors. We're networking cameras with the city. We're, uh, we have canine patrols, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, go ahead, Jeff, because I no, want to talk you, about you, the dogs. I, I, no, okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, like you, I was born and raised in Memphis. So, I, and, and this is not a knock against anyone that's moved out into the, the county suburbs or another county. But as someone who was born inside the loop, still lives here, I appreciate you. Uh, sticking with the city and wanting to continue to better the city. I grew up on Hibbit Sports. The about, got my first weight set there, my first baseball glove, my cleats. That was the sporting goods store when we were growing up in the in the eighties and the nineties. You mentioned the letter uh, that was sent up by the eighty five business owners earlier this week. We've had other business owners come in here uh, before, and my my question always is. You hear about all these other groups that will go before a city council and be loud and raucous and make a scene. Has there, has there been any discussion between the 85 business owners as a group? And I'm not talking about going to cause a ruckus or anything, but all get together as a show of solidarity, force, whatever you're going to call it. Go to a city council meeting because uh, we know Brent's going to get something done. We've had him. We... There's no doubt Brent's not going to uh, waffle or wave. He's going to say what's on his mind, but but show up and show them physically. There's yeah. 85 business owners in your city hall right now. If 85 businesses leave Memphis, that's a just a gigantic hit. Absolutely. So start with Brent Taylor. 
great individual, great citizen, doing a great job. He deserves your support. Um, in terms of business leaders taking uh, the lead on this, we are trying right now to do that behind the scenes and do it in a way that's very constructive. I will say the first time that we got notice and we got action from civic officials was when we went public with our letter to the DA. And I hate to do it. That's not the way we want to conduct ourselves, but sometimes you have to get loud and sometimes you have to be slightly rude about it. Got to call them out, man. And, and that's what we're trying to do. Now, this small group of business leaders who crafted this letter that's now been made public by the, the chamber, great. And we are trying to be constructive behind the scenes and we're working through people who are already doing the work. Yeah. Um, but we reserve the right to get loud and go public, and we will do that. And as long as you've opened the topic about people who've left Memphis, let me let me make this plug about economics. Memphis is the engine of the Mid-South, and so you can move to South Haven. You can move to wherever you want to, but Memphis matters, and it matters to everybody who's listening to this radio station. If we don't fix Memphis— you're not going to have a South Haven. You're not going to have a Germantown. Silo Square, all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Hey, this, can I just, I just want to thank you, Mike, because, uh, you know, it really is a collaborative thing. You've mentioned the players, you know, people like Brent Taylor, people like you, Ditch and Tim, who, who broadcast this stuff, uh, our organizations who fight for these things. But ultimately, it's going to take commitment from people like you, business owners, who say, we're not going to step away. This is worth doing. Uh, we can be a, the prosperous city we need to be. So I, I want to thank you because it takes people the, holding the line, and it's going to take all of us working together. But it really starts with the citizens and the business owners. And it gets attention, too, when it you does. hear the owners talking about things. It, it, those are terrific <clears throat> points. And, and Mike, you've, you're, you're, you've laid out things that you have done, and you have a great you have a great grasp of what the 360 is in the big picture. But I got to ask you too, as a as a Memphian and as a business owner, are as calm and as rational and as well thought out you are. Are there just days where you just kind of throw your hands up and just go, I can't believe we are where we are with this. I am absolutely outraged. Every day, I'm just furious that I have to defend my hometown. I go to Birmingham and sit in a room with my executives. And they ask me what the problem is. And we all know what the problem is. Yeah. We've, already, we've already talked about it. But it only matters if we do something about it, right? Yeah. And I'll make one more point or several more points, I'm sure. Um, everybody who's listening to this program has been told at some point subliminally, you don't matter, your voice doesn't matter, you don't have any power, you don't have agency. I don't believe that. Um, I've got these... You know, you guys stared at me when I walked in with a sheaf of paper. <laughs> but, but these are all the voting statistics back to 1968. The last two elections where your local judges, yeah. oh, your DA, yeah. Yeah. your mayor were all elected, 24% participation <laughs> yep. rate. Are we, you kidding mm -hmm. me? We, we have beat our heads against the wall yeah. stating those numbers, so, Mike. So people walk up to me and they complain and they wring their hands and they cry out and go, oh, my God, you know, all is lost. And my first question is, did you vote? And that shuts up, you know, three-fourths of them. Yeah. And then we go to the next problem, which is, okay, we're all armed. Great. When you left your car this morning, was your pistol in a lockbox? Properly stowed, yeah. And if it's not, you're funding the criminals. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's not that hard. That's and, a great point. I, never, I really never looked at it like that. Wait a minute. Who? I, I, I'm not I, – I, criminals, you know, they're not – they should not be breaking into cars. 
But there is another part of that problem, and that's people not properly. Well, we talk about holding criminals accountable. We have to be accountable, too. Yeah. And you have to to follow the rules because that's what the breaking of the car is looking for. Exactly. The guns. And, the you know, the, the laws have been expanded, and as a result, there are more guns, but... Some of that falls on us. We've got to be safer about well, that. Well, that goes, don't you think, though, John, that goes where everybody's get, got a gun and a lot of people don't even know how to use them or yep. they don't know oh, the proper procedures of mm-hmm. things because they don't have to go to a class anymore. Yeah, because there's record <clears throat> number of gun purchases, but I'm not seeing any stats on record gun training. Are you? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. And, it, you know, it's not like TV. Just, well, it is kind of you just pull the trigger, but you've got to know so, so much more than that. There, yeah. There's another part of this that that I bring up, and Mike, I I got to get your thoughts on this. Um, um, because of you know you 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 deal in athletic and 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 sneakers and you know real trendy stuff with City Gear and Hibbit. Uh, there's another big trend over the years, and I think that's fueling uh, a big part of our problem. And that's social media, because what happens is they see their uh, their friends or people that they may know or not know on social media showing these things. I was victim to a, 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 a crime at gunpoint later to find out when I went to the, to the court, the, the guys that did it were on Instagram putting their videos of them attacking people. And the mother, the mother of one of the victims showed it to me. I didn't know it because I, I'm not on Instagram, but she said, Oh yeah, this is still up. And it was, months and months later and these guys are laughing and carrying on as as they they're running around causing chaos well there's no repercussions bingo so yeah and so (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. that aspect of it that you know that's where i you know the breakdown of the family i guess comes into play there's so many aspects of this so i like what you said earlier you you can't uh the analogy of the burning deck you know it's you're gonna have to handle this in in a bunch of different ways and you, when you sit before your uh, executives and you fight for Memphis, I don't know how many of your executives are from Memphis, but do they sit there and say, well, we got to pull out of Memphis? And, and you have to stand up and say, time out. Absolutely. Uh, so it has been brought up. It is something where the numbers have been run. And frankly, I don't care. We're here. It's our community. We're not backing up. And... If this were Houston, I'd say the same thing. Yeah. If this were Albuquerque, same thing. We're going to stand and fight. We're not going to give up. And we don't intend to make it a fair fight. We intend to bring the full, the full weight of our power and all the civic leaders that will listen and all the citizenry that will engage, br- bring those to bear on the problem. Mike, Memphis isn't the only city that has this issue. There are other large cities. Uh, have you have you been in contact with any peers, any ex, any other executives in other cities that maybe you're going through the same thing and and, and sharing best practices or, or trying to sort out maybe some solutions that other cities have and maybe some things you could offer back? We certainly are. We're part of the National Retail Federation as well as the Retail Industry Leader Association. We're sharing notes. We've uh, put them in contact. Uh, with Deputy Chief Crow, to, for example, to publicize Connect Memphis, which is where retailers and other businesses connect their cameras back to the real-time crime center. Uh, so there is a lot going on at the national level. We're also lobbying them to go after the FTC to enforce some of the rules 
with regards to marketplaces like Amazon and Etsy and eBay where these goods are are stolen goods are sold. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. even thought about that. Yeah, because if you dry up the demand, you're yeah. going to dry up the supply. Do that's, I guess that'd be my next question. Do you guys know where a lot of your stuff that gets that gets uh, stolen goes? Do, have they have they been able to give you any kind of? We're, we're, there are some tracking devices. There is some radio frequency uh, identification technology in those shoes that the criminals don't quite understand. Uh, so there's a lot of work behind the scenes to help track and help identify. Again, though, that's a cost to the company. Sure. And, it's a cost of doing business, and, and we're, we're yeah. happy to bear it because we believe this is a short-term problem. When we fix the symptoms, then we'll buy time to, to prevent the crime in the first place. You know, we have a message on the board here. Uh, Tricia says, um, uh, but they're not using guns to rob city gear. They're using stolen cars. And that's a point. That's another point that's a cost to not only city gear, but also the, the retail owners who own these these shopping centers. They now, I notice, are starting to put in the, the poles and stuff so you can't drive, a, or at least it will suppress the driving of a vehicle in the front of the store. Sure. But then they go to the backside. Yeah, where we put bollards in place as well. Yeah. And there's all sorts of countermeasures that we'll put in place, and then they'll they'll counter that, but, and we'll keep going. But Wow. Mike, I don't want to go into your books or anything, but anecdotally, could you give us an idea of how much insurance rates can get jacked up when a place continues to get ransacked? Yeah, so not only that, but the risk of cancellation. So in some cases, it's hard to find insurance on particular locations. Uh, so we have seen an increase in our property insurance uh, as a result of this crime wave, um, and, and it's across the nation. Now, wait a second. They've been telling us this is a victimless crime when it comes to the businesses, though, Mike. You're telling me that you are suffering a financial risk and a loss in all of this? We are, and as everyone now has leapt ahead to the conclusion, we're passing it on to the consumer. And, you know, there is a cost of crime, and it's real, and it's tangible, and you're paying it. we got a uh, Bricks Powder Coating text line text here from a 731 area code, Mike, and they want you to know, Hibbit in Dyersburg has been our go-to store Four years. There you go. You know, you're not having to go to Jackson. Right well, in thank Dyersburg. you. I, I just went to our stores in Dyersburg not three months ago. So thank you very much. We appreciate the business. Uh, Mike, and also thank you for your service. I know that you have, uh, you're a graduate of West Point. That's correct. Thank you for your service. Thank and, you very uh, much. And uh, it, it's, w- when you sit in a room with other company uh, CEOs, um, is there a, is there a, What's the conversation like? Is it positive? Is it, you know, I, I can tell. Can you just put it on the radio? Yeah, thank you, Tom. <laughs> I can tell by your demeanor. And maybe this is from your, you know, your, your years in, uh, in, in service. But you're, you, you don't look to yourself and your company as a victim. Uh, but what are the conversations like? Uh, certainly, we take responsibility for the actions. We take responsibility for the outcomes, right? And so victims don't do that, right? So the other business leaders that we speak to are outraged over crime. They're outraged over how that affects their bottom line, for sure. But they're really more outraged in how it affects their consumers and their employees. We, we have a duty to, to maintain safety in our stores. And this puts us at risk and puts them at risk. And we just can't have it. And that's why we're declaring this has got to stop. This has got to reverse. And people like Brent Taylor, Senator Brent Taylor, who, again, deserves your support, 
has done such a wonderful job and it's been instrumental in helping. Mike, speaking of Brent Taylor, are you encouraged with the laws that they're putting up there? You think that's the deterrent that you're looking to get this thing started? I think it's certainly part of it. And at the state level, I mean, as was pointed out to me, I thought it was a great point. All the power derives from the state. Federal government power derives from the state and so does the local. And the day that the state says Shelby County doesn't exist, it won't exist. And so it's there and that authority has been delegated. So they have a major part of this. At the same time, our own city officials, our city council, our Shelby County Commission, they have a responsibility too. And if you've done any reading lately, you've seen some of the things the city council has done that, frankly, I don't think help the police force. I think no, the, sir. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put, put it on the table and say this Driver Equality Act, I think, is uh, well-intentioned, uh, but terrible. I think the pursuit policy, et cetera, et cetera. So now I'll stop. Makes the city how much safer, John Covington? Mm. Well, let, let me put it this way. We have got to uh, follow state law is there, and we have to use every resource we can to go after crime and we don't help ourselves when we handcuff or hold ourselves back and uh you know this as mike has said this is a group effort we can do this but we've got to push and push i I think the word is john we must do this well we must do we have no choice it has to be done uh and so we've all got to be on the same page we've all got to be working for this we all have to want this so i had the opportunity to go to two police roll calls in december i wonder how many city council members have been to one not nearly enough. Well, I I'll think it would, be, that. it would be illuminating. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to sit and talk to the officers that are dedicated to solving the problem. They're great people. They're doing a great job, and they deserve our support. And we deserve to give them the ability to use judgment. And I don't think we're doing that. Well, thank you for that. And I encourage, and uh, if you get an opportunity, and I know some council people, some leaders have done this, go do a ride-along, too, because you will find, just as Mike said, you'll find a lot of hardworking, driven, good people who are out there on the front lines and have a lot of great ideas about what we need John, to do. Don't you think that's what really spurred former Mayor Strickland on when he did the ride well, That's right. You know, the and, guy yeah. did the donuts in front of him. You know? Oh, yeah. He came out. He was ready. He was like, I wanted to chase him. And I was like, well, uh, policy, you can't. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. Consequences yeah. of our actions. Mayor Strickland said in here, he's been in here many times, and he said that was an eye-opening moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he went to roll calls, and he realized, you know, we don't, we're not giving them the tools that they need and, and the confidence that they need. The most uh, recent things we got done was extending the pension to the new hires. Yep. Uh, that came from him. I said, don't just listen to me telling you that's what they want. Go out and talk to the troops. And he did. Yeah. And he came back and said, you're absolutely right. Let's get this done. So, well, we this need is, more of that. This is a moment uh, when, you know, Memphis is going to uh, uh, really get have to get together and do this. But I think it's beyond, you know, we're talking about, Mike, you going down to city council and other business owners. I think we're beyond that now. Uh, and, like, and, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. And you guys need to maybe go down there and cause a ruckus. But right now, it's got to be at the state level. Agreed. Because because the local uh, civic leaders just aren't hearing it. That, well, they are hearing it, but they they seem to be just sort of ignoring. And, Mike, the encouraging thing is a couple of weeks ago we had State Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson on, and we asked him point blank, is Brent Taylor walking alone in this battle against Memphis crime? And he said, absolutely not, that there is a strong contingency in the State Senate that will help get those laws passed. Tim, uh, John and I were at a meeting with Brent Taylor at his house a few few weeks ago, and and the personnel that came in from around the state 
was fascinating over. I mean, I, I can't what John six or seven that were, were there. Oh, easily, yeah. I mean, and they yeah. they said we're going to help Memphis. Well, yeah. Mike, I'll just reiterate what you said. Memphis is the you know is the engine, especially in West Tennessee in this region, and the effects it will have at the state level if we don't get it under control. Absolutely, it's if not the biggest, the second biggest population center in the state, and we need to act like it. We need to ask for what we need to ask for. We need to demand what we need to demand, and then we need to take responsibilities as individual citizens and let our voice be heard. Well, if y'all y'all remember, Mayor Young even said it's time for Memphis to be the next great Southern city. I don't think we can do that until we get the crime under control. Yeah, it's got to start there. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, Mike Longo, thanks for your time today. I, I want to leave on a uh, uh, just to give you a couple of minutes to, you know, what what, what is the what, what's the big success right now that's that City Gear inhibit or or that you guys can celebrate? We continue to grow. Uh, we we grow across the country. We have eleven hundred fifty stores. We're opening fifty plus stores every year. Uh, that's part of our success. We're very excited about what we do and our partnership with our major vendor partners. For example, Nike. Uh, and that's not easy to do. Bigger success, the one that matters more, is what we're doing in these neighborhoods. When we hire folks and we give them an opportunity to do better for themselves and their family, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what makes this exciting. That's yeah. what makes it fun. Good deal. It's good to hear. And we have, uh, I know we have a, an audience that, that is very uh, uh, appreciative of what you do as, as this radio signal covers a lot of areas we heard from dyersburg yesterday we heard from uh kevin on our message line who you actually i think used to uh work with you at AutoZone and talked about what a uh what a solid person you are <laughs> so you have the endorsement of kevin <laughs> perfect thank you kevin. so uh we appreciate you coming in guys uh what are we going to talk about tomorrow on the first responder show rescue 901 at 11 well we're going to have you know uh, sergeant walcott back we call it uh, stories with ken he's got a lot of uh, good stories and we're going to be talking about uh some things detroit is doing that are very effectively working in the fight against crime. So we're going to kind of deep dive into that. And it's working in Detroit. It is working. Their numbers are going down. Yeah, so we want to highlight that and say, hey, what can we take from Detroit that might work here? So, All right. Uh, again, Mike Longo, we appreciate it. If you want to listen back to this, we'll post it up at Newstalk989.com here in a few, Tim. And by the way, a quick positive note, Shelby County... Uh, also, Tunica County and Crittenden County have been removed from the tornado watch. So uh, that's good news. So they're starting to pull counties from that. Rain continues to move on. Uh, is it inclement weather policy today, John, out on the street? Uh, I would be making no policy permits <laughs> for the, for the on today's show. All right. That takes a vote, too. That takes a vote. By the way, I meant to mention this earlier, Thomas. I know you always talk about pulling over. I couldn't. I, I so much wanted to swing my truck over across the street to stop this car. They looked like they were drag racing an ambulance oh, yesterday. Yeah. They, I mean, they, on I, Poplar. I see it, it all the time. I mean, the, the other day, I stopped my car because an ambulance was coming through yeah. and a fire truck was coming through. And a guy just cut right in front of him, and he had to do a little wiggle to get through there. Never let up. I mean, it was it crazy. Kill somebody. All, most of Poplar had they had stopped. The traffic had stopped. The ambulance is coming through with its lights and siren. And here's somebody in a little in a in a Ford and, Edge or something. Look like they're drag racing. And check it out on, with this kind of weather ditch. I mean, you know, like they think they can stop. Move the hell over. But if we had 500 more police officers, we might be able to enforce the law. Amen. I like there the way is. Mike thinks. We're, we're gonna right there. Get a teeth outside. Move the hell over. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. 
The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Listen. 